0: It shit gets a little dark this month. In Rose Silly Lightning we're talking about a parent dealing with the death of a child. Pedro and me discusses the AIDS epidemic. Growing up during Iran's revolution and civil war is the focus of Persepolis. We finish with Fun Home, Alison Bechdel's tale of coming of age and the suicide of her closeted dad. We're getting personal with a month of autobiographical comics. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Dun, dun, dun Each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bar bartenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. All while trying to not sound like. Complete You can find these idiots on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter,
1: you know no, read too many comic
0: books. We now join Brian, Hugh, Adam, and Todd. I'm too sober for this
1: shit.
2: Please, not with the accent. Oh, I'm not going to do the accent. (laughs) Not with the accent.
1: (laughs) Are you starting to side with Q on the accent? Is that how this is going now? Yeah. A little bit, Yeah, Everyone should. I, I don't know if everyone should. I mean, everyone should side with me on this. Wow, I just feel so betrayed. Just so much hate on the accent. Okay, well, <laughs> fine, accent free you jerks. Uh, welcome to <laughs> episode I don't remember. And this week we are reading from Jud Widnick From is that right? Winnick, Yeah, Winick. Yep, from the Real Winnick. World season three, San Francisco with the infamous Puck. We're reading Pedro and Me. Um, another one of our books from our uh, you know autobiography collection that we are doing this month. This one I feel is a Far more positive read than the last one. Not necessarily to say that it's happy-go-lucky, but it's. I felt like it was a little bit more positive than last week. But we have not only our standard Kuchmont, but we do, as promised, have a very special guest. So we'll start with him first. Our very special guest. Welcome back, returning champion. We have Andy.
3: Hello. So glad to be here and to be talking about the real world, or, or <laughs> a, uh, Pedro and me, I guess, uh, specifically. Uh, I'll, I'll go into my my very uh, my very strong connection to this and and the source material once we get into it but okay very glad to be here
1: sounds great uh andy's partner in crime who is with us every week and except for the weeks that he's not we have adam
4: hey that was only like two weeks
1: I know. in in case this was brought up in a court of law i want to be like "Eh, he may not have been here at least once or
4: twice No, yeah sure sure yeah hey everyone what's up it's adam uh uh, right with uh big chinese robot doing movie reviews also uh I said with Andy, we're, we're partners in crime, overboard as hell, uh, and we all got to see Logan. So you haven't yet. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, come see our stuff and uh, upcoming fan x. Uh, I'll be moderating the LGBTQ love is love is love panel. So uh, that'll be Saturday, uh, five p.m. at uh, I think uh, room one fifty one G. And I'm really honored because this year it's a it's a much smaller show. Uh, so they only have three panel rooms, and the fact that they put me on one just is really cool. Um, so I'm really excited for that. And I'll be there with uh, my fellow film critic, Caitlin Booth, uh, our buddy Lucas Fowler, and it should be a lot of fun. So
1: I love Lucas. I was having a conversation with him on uh, Insta- no on Facebook the other day. Yeah, he's, um, he's a great dude. I was giving him vacation advice, but, uh... uh yeah, oh, yeah, that's store. right, because yeah, he was head down there, so yeah. Yeah, or he's, he's discussing some so I uh, will have to... Well, yeah, well, rah-rah-rah. Yeah, rah. yeah. He's interested in a certain location in which I work on my day job. And, of course, um, our other returning champion, we have Q. Hi, I'm Q. Um, I also
5: have pretty strong connection to this book. Um, and, um... Yeah, I'm doing things. I'm in, currently in The Tempest. We're going to have auditions for um, Sister Act the Musical pretty soon. And uh, as I said in our last episode, we just announced our, our upcoming season. I'm going to be working on um, a couple of those shows, too. Q,
3: who who are you playing in The Tempest?
5: Um, I'm playing Stefano in The Tempest.
3: Very He's the
1: drunk
5: butler.
3: Yes. Very typecasting. Good. Yes. Very good.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of typecasting, we have Todd. Hi, I'm Todd. Back again. And
2: typecasting. Thank you for that. So you can find me here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, doing my best to bring everyone down for last week. So there we have that. And then you can also find me as um, Adam's mandate when his husband is too busy. Yep. So I'm his backup just doesn't want to go
4: because he gets to choose what movies he gets to see and I don't.
2: No. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I make a great second string. So, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's about all that's going on with me right now. But I do have a question for the two of you, Andy and Adam a little bit later. So we'll come back to that from that movie, Logan. So
1: okay, cool. that's it. Okay. And uh, I am, uh, I'm I'm Brian, I'm a son of Southern California, as, and as of this recording, or as of this release date, I am a few days from being traveling to Utah, because this is going to come out on about the 13th of March. Yay! Uh, so, uh, we're a few days before my birthday, and a few days before Todd's birthday, we'll both be old men, hooray! And then in April, I will be in Logan, Utah... But I'm guest lecturing. I don't really know if anybody comes see me there. But this summer I should be at the old lyric in and out. I I'm, I get to feel it's gonna be weird because I'm gonna be like flying in, mixing a show, flying home. You know, like a couple times. It'll be it'll be interesting. But uh, I'm deliberately arranging my schedule so that I will be. No, Todd, you should not all come and he- heckle the lecturer. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> But uh, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm trying to arrange my schedule. Well, I'm, I'm making sure I arrange my schedule so that when Q is in Utah, we can have a big party. Yay.
0: Uh, I'm going to
1: try to convince Steph to bring out her chillins as well so that you can hang out with all those little crazies Yay. as well. So, Anyway, that will be fun. We'll, we'll celebrate Pioneer Day in style, kids. This week, we are doing Pedro and Me, as mentioned beforehand. Uh, and so Andy, uh, you may not have heard, but what we've basically been doing is we've been kind of trying to give a grade, like, sort of a preemptive, like, hey, we'd recommend reading this, because we realized that we were talking about these books and spoiling the hell out of them before we ever said whether or not we liked them or not. So as a as a listener, if you wanted to actually know if people should read this book, we'll kind of give it a grade. So I'll give you a chance to think about that. So A essentially is go out and buy this book right now and read it. F is uh, the pro, um, or bo-bo-bo-bo-bo-bo, um, which is, you know, avoid at all costs, and, you know, sort of standard grading procedure. So uh, grade-wise... We will start with, uh, we'll, we'll start with Q.
5: Um, I, uh, and again, like Rosalie Lightning, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, um, you don't need to drop everything, like A+, you need to go read this immediately, but I would highly recommend it. I would give it a B plus. I, 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 I mean, if that's the scale we're sort of going on. Yeah, no, on. I, I
1: understand that, yeah. Uh, Adam, what, what,
4: what's your grade? I, I'm kind of right with Q. This. Just... Yeah, you know, we, we did Rosalie Lightning last week, and this is, uh, while, while still dealing with very intense and somewhat depressing subject matters, uh, yeah, it was a lot more lighthearted. Uh, it was, you know, you've got the, the focus was more on, I mean, yes, the, it was very, very important to talk about the fact that um, Pedro was dying of AIDS, uh, but, and that he was an activist for it, and that he was going out trying to change the world in the time he had left. Uh, but the main focus really is the friendship between, you know, Pedro and Judd, and that's... Uh, and it, it was really fun because, well, I'll, I'll go do later. But yeah, it was, I would say it's a B plus. Go read it; it's it's really really good. Uh, it's definitely a bit of a tearjerker, uh, but it's not one that's going like, to just crush your soul. And <laughs> you're not yeah. going to spend five hours reading it. I, I actually went and read it when I was at brunch today. So it's uh, it, it's a quick read. It's very uh, this one is actually entertaining. Uh, makes a good point and uh, is is a great read.
1: Similar thought lines to yours. I will go just slightly <laughs> higher, and I will go with. Um, an A not that you necessarily have to run out and get it right now but I do think it's important to read um, just because it has a really good message with it Um, and it is a fun story about you know lots of different things we'll we'll get into all of that but I do Mm -hmm. think it's important and I I do feel like uh, it's, it's a good thing for you know if more people had have read this book, then there'd be more understanding of certain issues that we will obviously discuss in the future, um, and uh, and I think that that is great. Uh, Todd, what is your grade on that?
2: Well, I'm going to be with the other guys and give it a B plus. Um, I really did enjoy it a lot, so yeah. And Andy, yeah. Uh,
3: B-plus, I might bump it up to an A-minus. You know, you're always supposed to write what you know. And this is obviously a really personal story that meant a lot to Judd. And he memorializes his friend and someone who a lot of us felt like we knew through TV. And I I know that's weird, but we get a lot of the backstory and and things that we didn't see on camera. And that was Mm -hmm. really great. The only thing I'd maybe knock off a little bit is I think... Winx illustration style is a little, you know, a little cartoony. Um, yeah, I had, a, I had a hard time sometimes just telling the different, like which one is Judd and which one is Pedro in this. <laughs> yeah. this picture mm-hmm. <laughs> if if I if I didn't know. So, uh, but yeah, as a as a story, it it was great and well told. So uh, I think it it depends more, I, especially if you are of a certain age where the real world meant something to you. Yeah. then I think that's the A- and everyone else is like a B+.
1: Fantastic. Uh, so does anybody want to give sort of a, a slight preview as to what we encounter on this book? So, so yeah,
5: so um, this book, um, it gives you a little bit of backstory on uh, Jud Winnick's life and Pedro Zamora and then sort of their experience on being in the real world and then um, Pedro's eventual death.
1: They all die in the end. Mm-hmm. So now this is uh, your chance to read the book if you would like to. Almost us, all of us seem to recommend that at some point in time you should read it. Not necessarily drop everything out and go around and read it now, but you know, definitely worth holding up and having it, you know, you know, ready to read at some point in time. We will take a little pause and when we come back we will get all spoilerific on this.
0: If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait.
1: Andy, since you wanted to jump in on this uh, and specifically talk about the real world stuff that, do you want to talk about who Pedro and Judd were, at least from, you know, based on the book and based on the experience of watching them on real world and that kind of stuff? Sure.
3: Yeah. So, uh, that's my cue. Sure.
1: I, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was, I was sort of thinking and then going, oh, I'll just edit it this way anyway. So, you know, we kind of do a warts and all here as, as it goes, so yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter. But okay, Yeah.
3: Cool. So, Judd Winnick is a cartoonist living on Long Island and he decides uh, his his life is kind of in a weird doldrum. His cartoon that he had pitched and that he thought was going to get nationally syndicated kind of got pulled out from underneath him. He goes on The Real World, and, and they tell him during the interview process, one of your housemates is going to be HIV positive. The The thing about this is Judd, who describes himself as a bedwetting liberal, is like, well, I'm now confronted by all of these innate prejudices that I actually have, and when he finds out that he is actually going to be living with Pedro uh, in his room and that he is HIV positive, they they bond over this, and Pedro, as a as an AIDS educator, uh, uses all of his uh, all of his skills that. That, that he's amassed in, in years of speaking before public audiences and, and teaching them about AIDS to, to teach Judd. And so we as the audience get to go along with this. And that was a lot my experience watching The Real World. I mean, I was right at that age where this really mattered. And I, I'm right in that prime demographic where mm-hmm. MTV mattered when uh, The Real World came on. And, you know, growing up in... White Christian or Mormon, uh, Provo, Utah. I didn't. I didn't know anyone who was gay. I, I well, I I did, but I <laughs> I didn't know that they were gay, and, yeah. and they probably didn't at the time. And I certainly didn't know anyone who was HIV positive. And and for me, this was the first time where I felt like I knew someone and I connected with them, and I was like, oh, I understand this now. This isn't an abstraction. This is a, a person uh, who's living and breathing and that I can have a connection with. And I know that sounds weird, but um, it, it meant a lot to me at the time. And I, I remember very distinctly when, when Pedro died, it was really sad for me. Uh, you know, within many months of, of that, we also had Cobain dying. And I was like, screw that. You know, uh-huh. Uh, the guy was a rock star and he killed himself. He was obviously in pain, but that didn't like, even though I liked the music of Nirvana, that didn't affect me. But when Pedro died, it was like, wow, this is like a friend who I had, who was taken from me years later when I'm getting back into comics. And one of my friends uh, takes me to comic con in San Diego. And he's like, Hey, let's go to this DC panel. I'm like, okay. I'm like, who's on this? And, and we're looking there and it says Judd Winnick. And I'm like, wait a minute. Does Judd Winnick write for DC? What's going on? And then he's like, oh, yeah. And Judd Winnick's writing all this stuff. He's writing Green Lantern, he's writing Green Arrow. And I was like, what the hell? Like, he actually did something after the real world. And that was the first time that I'd heard about Pedro and me. And I'd actually not read it until now. And, mm-hmm. and, and when you all said you were going to do this, I said, okay, this is this is my chance. I got to go back and I got to read this, because this meant something to me as a young adolescent. And let, let's let's go back and check this out. So that was really cool and a great experience for me. I really loved it.
1: And Q, you kind of recommended this. Um, I mean, what was your thought similar to to? why you recommended this? So, I mean, one of the reasons that I recommended
5: this was because, um, again, I was a huge fan of The Real World, and, you know, I I didn't um, obviously watch it when it first came out because I was not old enough to watch stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I started watching The Real World, I want to say in, like, 1999, um, when we got cable TV, and, you know, before MTV had all of their other random-ass shows, they would just do big, long uh, marathons of the real world, and... Mm -hmm. I just remember, like, staying up, like, all night, one night, watching the entire San Francisco season, and, you know, I was still in high school, still in the closet, and all that stuff, and, it you know, watching the, the, the first season of The Real World, where really kind of the, the first out gay person, you know, living publicly kind of a thing, was, was, was on that season, and then, um... Pedro, who not only um, you know came out as gay, came out as HIV positive, gotten married on television, um, you know before it was even like marriage or whatever, a struggling young gay kid was was a really big thing for me. Um, and then, you know, with, with Judd, you know, finding out he's kind of a comic book guy and it sort of like bonded me to him too. And the whole like very adorable love story that came out of it, uh, with, with Judd and Pam, um, you know, that I don't think we even found out about until like a few years later, you know, it, it was just like all very romanticized to me. And, you know, and then, and then Judd Jud became, um, you know a, a comic book writer and i always knew that this book existed because uh, you know reading wizard which i've talked about a lot on this show um this book is always listed as one you know one of the the best books to read blah 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 and good stuff so also side note i did not know this but as soon as uh, when i was reading it and i read the part where he had this um Roommate named Brad. I was like, "Wait, didn't he live with Brad Meltzer, the you know the uh, other comic book writer and also author of, of other books?" And and I, you know, I didn't even think about. But you know, reading the thank yous, it was him, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, it's such a weird yeah. small world." Brad Meltzer, why well, is his
1: name familiar? Um, he wrote
5: Identity Crisis.
4: He does like a um, bunch of uh, like it was same guy thinking of like a lot of political.
1: Like novels yeah, so, and stuff. So, so, so <laughs> like zero, stuff. Zero hour, he's zero game. Read, uh, or he's
5: also written um, a bunch of comic books. I well, think, no.
1: if I remember correctly, Adam, you might be able to know if I'm right or right, uh, wrong. Isn't he the guy who they have like a TV show called Decoded, where they kind of do almost like um, they, they go look at like a mystery similar to like it's sort of like a Mythbusters, but closer to like the Da Vinci Code or um, National Treasure. Like they look at some sort of like pseudo conspiracy and they go yeah. talk to a bunch of experts. Is that mm-hmm. the same guy? Yeah, no, it's
4: the same guy. It's, it's Brad okay. Meltzer, Meltzer's Decoded. Yeah, uh, it is on
1: free channel. Okay, that's where I know that name from. Okay.
3: Yeah, well, and, really and one of the cool things when, when I went to Comic-Con and they were on this panel, they were both on there and they were talking about how like they used to stay up really late at night and smoke weed and uh, bullshit about <laughs> cool lady. stories yeah cool uh, bullshit cool stories that they would write in the dc universe and now they're like oh yeah we we totally did that that's what this teen titans uh yeah it came out of that or you know yeah. what whatever it was it was then i was like that's so weird and really yeah. really cool
1: so i'm gonna throw in from my personal perspective my mother had MTV blocked most of my growing up, so I didn't necessarily really watch MTV um, until, like, I think I caught this season as, like you said, one of those blocks where they they showed a lot of it. But for me, one of the things that um, I I identified with most on this, I had a roommate named We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. for, like, three years. And while we were roommates, probably about a year into our being roommates, I think, um... Ended up getting diagnosed with HIV. So I kind of have been in the same perspective of Judd. Like, I mean, like, I was, you know, raised, uh, I mean, obviously I, I was fine having a gay roommate, but I didn't necessarily have a lot of experience with anybody with HIV or whatnot. And so I kind of went through a few of the same things that Judd talks about in here, of like, kind of did the same thing, just sat down, and says, like, look, you're not going to get it from doing this, you're not going to get it from doing that. And the the cruelest irony about getting HIV is, he's a hypochondriac, total hypochondriac. And there's nothing worse than a hypochondriac actually getting a real illness because that just made everything so much worse. And I love him dearly, but it was like the worst person for it. I mean, no one really wants to have HIV. It's not great for anybody, but like, I guess the one good thing about, about it for him, at least is that he researched the hell out of everything. And that's what kind of gave him hope. And I mean, and, and, nowadays the prognosis for someone in hiv is significantly better you know than it was at the time that pedro unfortunately was uh suffering with all this so for me when i was reading this book i had that sort of personal connection with it like i to a lesser degree i had had sort of similar experiences in my life um which uh which i found actually very interesting and uh, connected to it a lot so far todd we haven't heard much from you yeah i've been
2: rather quiet here for me on the real world. The one I remember most was real-world New Orleans, for whatever reason. That was oh, the one. That was the Mormon
1: was on that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the Mormon was on that one. Yep. Wow,
5: see? And, and it was also uh, the same season with the um, the guy with the boyfriend in the military. It was all don't ask, don't tell him. They had to blur out his face. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's, right. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That was a really good-ass season.
2: That was a good season. I really enjoyed New
4: Orleans.
0: Yeah. Actually, so,
4: what, New Orleans. New Orleans was the first uh, the first year I saw it too. Because again, like much like Brian, growing up, my my parents uh-huh. had to be blocked because uh, it was naughty. So yeah, I think I think New Orleans was the first season I actually saw it too.
2: Mm-hmm. But I do remember the box. Do you guys remember the box? I do not remember the, the box. box. Channel fifty eight. You would call in, and what it would do is kind oh, of like wow. a. An, an, choose your own MTV, is they would list different music videos, and they would charge your like, you dial the 1-900 number two bucks, and then by dialing it, they would put that music video of choice in queue. I watched way too much Sync and Backstreet Boys because remember like, that. No I think we discussed
1: that. previously, one year for Christmas, you gave me uh, oh, that's when we were discussing Mariah Carey that oh, you yeah? gave me a video cassette of you basically just recorded <laughs> off the of that of all these different music videos. The funniest
3: Um, thing about real-world New Orleans was, okay, I'm totally dating myself. You can figure out my age by going back from
4: this. 32. I came came back
3: from a Mormon mission to Russia in Mm -hmm. September of 1999. The very week I got back, they were holding open auditions in Provo because they wanted to find a, a Provo BYU Mormon. Oh, geez. It, it was so wow. funny because my parents, who had blocked MTV like my entire adolescence, were like, "You should go try out for that." And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. uh, "No, I yeah. just I, I just spent two years in a foreign country. I'm trying to figure out who the hell I am now yeah. when I'm yeah. not full time missionary anymore. There's no way I'm going on a reality show. Now you like, no, imagine you the shell that.
1: shock of coming from a mission and then going uh, on a reality show?
3: Be, like it's uh, ridiculous." Yeah, oh, but a couple man. of my roommates who I ended up staying mm-hmm. with—they're like, "Oh yeah, Julie. We know Julie. She like came and hang out here." And I'm like, "Oh, cool. <laughs> Small world." It <laughs> like, did not
2: end well for her, did it?
3: I don't. Did I don't like, know. BYU
2: kick her out. Yeah, she. she yeah. got Kicked out. She went to another
5: school. She got like real gothy and ragey for a while, and then mellowed out.
3: But you know All who right. things really didn't turn out well for is well, or maybe they did turn out well is Rachel from this season, who you may now see on CNN as a paid contributor for the Trump administration. Yes. Are Rachel, you serious? Yes. Rachel went on to marry Sean Duffy, who was in the mm-hmm. Boston season of The Real World, and uh, he is now a congressman from Wisconsin. And she <laughs> <is> <laughs> an- and, 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 you know, one of those like hardcore conservative types and she goes on CNN and MSNBC and, uh, talks shit about the media and how they're not being fair to the Trump administration. She's one of those paid talking heads. Uh, you know, she's a slightly browner Kellyanne Conway. Wow. So, yeah. Um, Whoa. lots of fun. Poor Rachel. That
1: is oddly the weird world we live in
2: now. Indeed. It is the real world we live in, Brian. <laughs> well, yeah. Shame on you. I know, that one was hurt. Um, I did enjoy this book, but yeah, back with it. I never saw this season, so would be my short answer to that one. I never saw San Francisco.
3: A- so, yeah, as it was going on, like, so there was this whole controversy about, like, whether they were going to kick Puck out or not. And like I mentioned, my parents had it blocked, but, well, my, my dad and my stepmom... In Provo, and I went to stay with mm-hmm. my mom in San Diego for the summer. She did not have the MTV blocked, and so <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was great, and she had uh, America Online, and so oh, I yeah. would go on and get in the AOL MTV chat room every day and talk about the real world and like, oh, Puck is so misunderstood, and I'm like. Fuck that guy. He's such, a, such an idiot. kick him out. Like, he's terrible. And, you know, expressing all my, like, 14, 15 year old rage at the world by. Uh... Which
1: is what the internet is made for. Exactly. Yes. It, was, it was great. Yeah. yeah. I remember American Online. You get the CDs in the mail. I'd be like, hey, a couple free minutes. This will be awesome.
3: Yep. Exactly. It was perfect.
1: What's still crazy is they still make about 15
2: million a month from online subscriptions to That's AOL. So crazy to me.
3: Don't Good. I know it? So, so my day job. Um, I work for a national uh, environmental on, uh, nonprofit in their online division. We're mm-hmm. the people who send you those spam emails. So I get, I can go in and look at you know our list and who has uh, who's subscribed from where. There are still a ton of people with at AOL and at CompuServe. <laughs>
1: Email addresses. Well, and some on people keep list. those emails just as like old school street cred. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who. Well, who who like, you like you have
3: address. That's cool.
1: You've got mail. There was some, there was a, a girl. You know, yeah. I I went to high school with who I had like one of my first email addresses was at Hotmail, and she kept trying to send me email, but I kept never getting it because she was spelling it H O T M A L E, not M A I L. That's completely so, <laughs> <so>, uh, <laughs> different. Well, I don't blame her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You're but, welcome. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was pretty funny, actually. That was actually the uh, the girl that uh, Todd was supposed to take to see um, Titanic, and then she c- he couldn't get her a ticket, so I drove her home, and he stole my date. But we'll tell that whole story later, some other point in time. <laughs> Actually,
4: that's really interesting. If you if you go to hotmail.com, m-a-l-e, it's just uh-huh. a picture of a smiley face.
1: Is it really? Well, it.
4: <laughs> it's just a little smiley face in the upper left hand corner. <laughs>
1: That's that's all hotmail.com is?
4: I, I was hoping for something more, but I guess I'll have yeah. to go somewhere else for that.
2: No, no, no. Alright, the nerdy thing, do you know why hotmail's called hotmail or where they derived the name from? No. If you remove all the valves, it's H T M L.
1: Oh wow, really? Oh. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is a nerdy, nerdy thing. Wow. I'm There you go. Kind of proud to know that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nerdy
4: thing too. So you know like to have the the Windows icon is that little like fit, think Windows squirrely thing with the different color squares? Uh-huh. You can remember the order of the colors that it's rugby: red, green, blue, yellow. Wow. Okay. See when you when you when you work with uh, <laughs> computer technicians for long enough, you think of the weirdest shit. Because you yeah. see, you're sitting and waiting for a program to run to take like this, th- this person who's had like fifty thousand viruses from looking at gay porn come in, and yeah. you got nothing else better to do. So you're like, oh, I wonder what we can do here. Well, let's make acronyms out of the Windows logo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: of like how I always remember how to solder an XLR Is uh, George Washington Bridge Or ground, white, and black Mm, That works Also kids, if you're ever trying to wire something And you want to know what wire is hot and you're never quite sure uh, Hot shit, red hot, or white hot So it's either white, brown, or um, uh, Red um, (laughs) Typically That's that's how I remember that So there you go, there's some useless things All right. (laughs) And my what if you're like a person who likes to say things that are cold as shit? Yeah, that becomes a problem. Uh, but yeah, so. <laughs> so, anyway.
4: So, anyway, back to Pedro and me. So, so, me go. so my thing was, like, I, I wasn't allowed to watch MTV at all. I mean, like, here's the funny thing was, like, my parents had the channel blocked. Uh, but I was the one who programmed it and put the password in because I didn't know how to do it. So, <laughs> so th- this is... Um, so, yeah, I did sneak MTV. Because, like, we could watch Red and Stimpy, but we couldn't watch The Simpsons. I'm still trying to figure out how that one worked. Because uh, Red and Stimpy was one of the dirtiest cartoons ever made. But, yeah, I, I didn't get into the r- real world or anything until, like I mentioned, with New Orleans. So I kind of went back and caught this season later later on. Uh, but, yeah, this is, I mean, I, I was going through the list while we were talking looking at the different, because, like, the, what, 33 seasons in now or something like that? Are mm-hmm. they still 3-2? 32? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, where are they right now? I didn't even know they still did that show. Oh, no,
5: the, the, the last one that I watched was DC, and that's just because I would see them around town.
4: They are currently in season thirty-two, and it's in Seattle. So. They ever
1: been in Salt Lake? Uh, no,
4: because no. who wants to go to Salt Lake? No one. Well, no
1: one. I mean, if it was winter and you were skiing, that'd be great. The, yeah, the, but, then, the, but the, then you just do Real World Park City.
4: I say, yeah, you, you do Park that's City. True. You don't do Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, that's because yeah, uh, yeah, I I watched uh, New Orleans. Through Sydney, I want to say. So I saw a good 10 seasons.
1: I remember New Orleans and Hawaii. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> there was, was a, a old lot old of old nudity old. in Hawaii.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah no there was. The, those were definitely the ones that um, were like when we were graduating high school and stuff. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah I, I, the one that stuck out to me the most was Paris because they're like, oh, we're going to a different country. And that was a huge, huge deal. And I remember everyone trying to learn French and everything. But uh, I did. I need to go back and watch it again because I remember seeing this one. Kind of about the time I was like coming out because I was out of the house living with friends, uh, and they were all about the real world, so we kind of go back and catch reruns and stuff. This one made a big impact on me because, again, it was people joke about, oh, like, you know, how can we need like female Jedi in Star Wars? And for me, the the ability to see someone on screen, like a a real person who was gay, and and back then we had Will and Grace, that was about it, and that was very campy and very, you know, over the top, and it was fun, and I love Will and Grace, but. To see a person having like you know as close to a, a quote unquote normal life as you can have, being followed on by cameras, uh, was just like holy shit, this is a real thing. And then also the fact that he was so outspoken about H- HIV and you know dealing living with AIDS and stuff was, again, really really important. But I think the the biggest thing for me was when they showed the uh, when the commitment ceremony he did with his his then boyfriend, um, that had you know even at that time you know almost 10 years later that still wasn't something that you would really ever see on television uh and the fact that you had this little you know this uh this TV channel devoted to degenerates as my parents used to say uh <laughs> and, and to a point that was kind of true but uh being in a sense you know especially when it aired in the 90s being brave enough to be like hey fuck it we're going to do this and if you don't like it don't watch it and that was that was a really really important thing to me so uh, when you mentioned we're doing this book, I, I had no idea what it was. It was funny because I mentioned to Andy, hey, we're doing Pedro and me. He's like, oh, cool, I really want to be a part of this. I still didn't know what it was about until I actually went to go order it. And I was like, the fuck, this is about the real world? Is this the right yeah. book? So yeah. It's by text Brian. And I'm like, is this the right thing? Is this the real world thing? And he's like, yeah, it's from uh, season three. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And then, so I was really excited to read it. And yeah, it, just, it brought back a lot of memories. And it was, again, it was a, it was a very formative time in my life when I saw the the actual season of this, where I was, you know, in the process of coming out and dealing with all the bunch of bullshit going on with that, um, and, and dealing with, you know, people in my own life. I'm not going to go into detail here. Who, uh, who also were HIV positive, and uh-huh. uh, that was, you know, let's just say that there was a scare one time, and thankfully everything was fine. Uh-huh. Uh, but that was that also made this hit home even closer for me so
1: out of curiosity I'll ask the real world experts in the room in this season and I think in some previous seasons like they talk about the, the uh, Pam you know actually still being a med student and Judd had a job and a lot of these guys still had gigs mm-hmm. That didn't seem to be the thing that stayed so, with real world. So, eventually, they, they so, sort of just started hanging yeah, out,
5: right? The, so, so, at first, it was just okay. So you guys just kind of all live together, and you guys are gonna, you know, live your lives. And then they found that in order to sort of like create drama, because in the first in the first few seasons, like the drama sort of created itself because it was like all it was all new, and you know, people's personalities didn't quite get along. But then eventually, they found that people would were, would get. They were kind of boring, so they would, like, create things, so, like, they all had to go work at a certain place together, or there was a project that they had to do, or, you know, something weird like that. So, uh, I mean, they would try to change it up every season. Like, the biggest one was, uh, the biggest complaint came from the London season, because, like, everyone pretty much just laid around that mm-hmm. entire season. If you are to watch it, like, it is so boring. So they were like, alright, we gotta shake it up. Like you know, we got to keep doing all you know. We we got to find something to do, and then eventually, when they did the Vegas season, and like they just saw like how crazy and slutty all of those people were that they had, then they just started doing that. And just you know, the people who are going to be the craziest, the people who know how to work, you know, being in a reality show and create drama themselves, then they started casting those kind of people.
4: Yeah, Vegas was a really crazy season. <laughs> Vegas was
5: crazy. That's that's kind of like when. I officially was like, all right, and I'm done. Like, I'd, I've, I've had enough. I've had it officially.
3: This was kind mm-hmm. of a high-water mark, or the, the first thing of this type, where they put all of these people in a house, and there, there was sort of, I, I hate to call it a gimmick, because I, I don't think it was gimmicky. I think it was done very well and with, with good intentions to put Pedro in this house but they also decided to put Rachel and Puck in the same house and so that they could create that drama because they knew that Puck was going to be an asshole and that got them the the best ratings that the real world had ever had to that point and i think and, reality and, and if you watch seasons
5: it. 1 and 2 there is crazy drama and in fact real in season 2 one of the roommates gets kicked out because he attacked another roommate yeah and puck was still you know a higher rating than that was
3: yeah well cuz he i think because he wasn't making anyone unsafe. He was just obnoxious. And that was the kind of drama that they wanted to see that would make everyone talk about it. It's like, oh, Dom got really drunk and like did stuff that was not cool at all. Well, this guy's just an asshole. And he's just going to say totally bigoted things all the time. That's great. I mean, in, in some ways, that portends exactly... The rise of uh, the the reality TV culture that created The Apprentice and created the cult of personality around Trump. Where so you're blaming uh, Trump the
4: real world for Trump? <laughs>
3: no, in a way, I actually I would blame the the writers' strike more for the rise of Trump because uh, with without writers, they had to do more non-scripted shows, more reality shows, and so. Uh, they, they had to do stuff like that. But the the idea for doing an unscripted reality show that was all about creating character drama between people started with the real world. And, you know, um, Brian, a couple weeks ago, you were talking about uh, Ex Machina and um, how 9-11 shows up in all of this literature and how, like, the dropping of the A-bomb shows up in, like, a ton of manga. Um I feel like this is that same sort of like monkey touches the monolith moment where it's like,' oh, this is a thing we can do on television, and tons of people will watch it, and it will be- it will create this giant cultural touchstone and that's mm-hmm. why we're still talking about it twenty five years later
1: well, and there was so much that came after this I mean because it was i mean there's real world, and then there was. What, Survivor and Big Brother and and Road Rules and, uh, I mean, all that stuff. Oddly enough, I mean, back when they started, I I do somewhat remember there being seasons where they didn't actually do much. Like, they just kind of hung out and around. And I remember at those points in time, I remember preferring Road Rules just because they actually seemed to be doing something.
5: Well, yeah, well, yeah, because, like, that was more of the adventure show. That that was, um, uh, the Amazing Race before it became the Amazing Race. Like, they were were all put on a bus, and they had places that they had to go, and things that they had to do, but then still the drama of them all living together Mm -hmm. on a a bus. Which, to me, was so crazy, because, um back in the height of all of those things, they started doing, like, the reunion shows and, like, the special challenges. I wanted to do... I was like, I'm a real-world per- person. If I'm gonna do this, there's no way I'm doing Road Rules or any of these challenge shows. Like, that just seems craziness. I mean, I, I really liked... And I, and I think that aside from just being the story of, of Pedro and Judd and just sort of their experience, I also think that this is... Still speaks to Pedro's legacy, which then became Judd's, which is just activism and talking mm-hmm. about it and being frank about things. I mean, just the fact that they leave, you know, some of his speeches in in here in text and reading, being like, you know, do don't do anything that you're not comfortable in doing, and mm-hmm. you are worthy, and you you know, you know, and sort of like the lesson that Pedro learned um, growing up. You know, tr- seeking uh, love in the wrong places, kind of thing, and I, I, so I still I feel like this is still something that um, you can still learn those lessons from, and learn about AIDS, learn about HIV, learn about um, you know, sort of like the, the consent and um, protection, and not just you know, uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, no,
3: no, you're absolutely right, and it's it's so important, and I. This is probably a unique experience for me, but I turned around after reading this and I tried to give it to my 11-year-old daughter. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. should really read this because now some people might say, well, that uh, there's a lot of material in here that's too adult for her. Well, I don't think so. I mean, She has mm-hmm. a friend who has has come out and said, I, I'm bi. And, like, that is important to her. And I'm like, good. We accept your friend. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's great. But if any of your friends are getting into anything, I mean, they're 11, but that's Mm -hmm. also the time when it's most dangerous because they don't know anything. And damn if the Texas public school system is actually going to teach them about safe sex. They're not. Yeah. So it's like, here's a fun comic book that might actually get through to you when you're not paying attention. Because it's just a great story about friends on top of that. But there's important stuff in there.
1: I think one of my favorite news stories from the last couple of weeks was uh, about... Uh, I can't remember. There was some porn site that after uh, Utah decided to pass a law not to... like. Basically denied passing a law to start doing more uh, sex education in schools. They decided that they would redirect any traffic from Utah to a sex education website. Um, and their their thought process, or like one of the quotes I think was something effective: uh, "Porn is you know sex is fun. Porn is fun, but learning about sex through porn is kind of like learning about." Sp- science through star wars like they just it doesn't add up uh and so like i, I just kind of love the fact that there was a a, a porn website with a uh, enough you know moral backing to stand up where the state of utah government could not yep. it
4: was a uh, hamster i've never about heard
1: it. of before but, you know. Mind, but i thought it was hilarious yeah it was amazing
3: googling oh, hamster uh, the the best quote i've heard was on crazy ex-girlfriend a few weeks ago where she said, these depictions of sexuality have as much to do with a healthy adult sexual relationship as the Avengers does with being in sixth grade. Now, what does that tell you?
0: And the kid's <laughs> yeah. like, sixth
3: grade's gonna be awesome!
1: <laughs> yeah, right? If only I would have known. I'm trying to think, I mean, what else? Is there more stuff we need to, topics in here that we haven't broached yet? I'm trying to think.
5: I mean, not not really. I mean, it, it's still a very, it's still a very personal tale, but it then it makes you feel, like, related inside, and, and like, it ma- makes you feel like you're still a part of it. And also, we kind of mentioned it before, I actually like the way that Jed Winnick draws. Um, I, I, I feel like it's, because it's also based on real life, that the characters still look like real people, but it's not, like, it, it, it's not gritty. It's not, yep. you, you, you know, it, it's not supposed to make you feel anything. It's still supposed to make you feel comfortable, I guess. In it, even when it's talking about difficult subjects, something that I also kind of liked, which is it's kind of sad, is that um, as um, Pedro is dying, you actually see less of him, as though Judd is wanting you to remember him the way that he used to look, and not yeah. and not the way that he ended. Um, there's lots of silhouettes, lots of faraway pictures instead of just like regular pictures of him, and and of course like the the shocking image of when Pedro got shingles. Um, mm-hmm. Which is which is also very jarring, um, but yeah, I I really like I really like really that.
1: I, I do have to say one of the things I did kind of appreciate in this book was it's a weird thing, but for me I liked it. Was the Frank thought process at the very beginning of the book where he said, "Well, you know, if I go in real world, they'll get me at least a little bit of fame to try to help further my career." Like you mm-hmm. don't necessarily always hear people being upfront honest about, you know, hey, this will help me out in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, people just want to be famous just to be famous, and I kind of, A, I like the fact that he had you know, a career path in mind that thought, well, this could help me out potentially. <laughs> B, just the frankness of being able to say, well, yeah, I, I joined it because being famous would help my career in the long run, you know.
5: So another thing that, you know, we were kind of, we were talking about when we were doing Rosalie Lightning is um, that, uh, again, this book makes you feel a little more comfortable, even though it still deals <laughs> with a serious subject matter, and it... it Again, it's not as gut-wrenching as Rosalie Lightning is, and uh, again, I think it's part of it is the art style, again, it's making you feel comfortable, it's making you feel, yeah, it's, it's, it's not harsh, and um, the, I also feel like the more linear storytelling um, helps as well. Um, it's not that sort of stream of consciousness in the mix of it, kind of a... Thing that Rosalie Lightning is, it's, okay, this has been a few years, I still feel like this story needs to be told, and it, it, it definitely
4: is planned. Well, and this also is is, is more mm-hmm. universal in the sense that, like, you know, we even those of us who uh, hear this, you know, table talking who haven't maybe been as familiar with the real world at least know about it. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they, they remember, and I'm sure, like, if you mention, like, oh, remember there was the guy... The, the guy in the real world back in the day who had AIDS, like everyone at least has heard about it. And I'm not trying to den- mm-hmm. denigrate him as, like, oh, that dude with AIDS. That's not what I meant at all. But, you know, y- you mentioned it in passing, and mean, people are going to remember that. Uh, and the, the important thing with this book, too, is that the message that Pedro is trying to get across is still just as relevant today. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're living in a world where HIV isn't the death sentence it once was. Uh, but because people think, oh, if I get HIV, I'll just take a pill and be fine. It doesn't work that way, and if you look yeah. at the number of, of uh, men who have sex with men who are uh, contracting HIV at a more rapid rate, uh, obviously it's a message that people aren't listening to anymore because it's we're not watching friends and family members die off in, in huge numbers. It's oh, it happened to so and so. I go oh, it's it's somewhere out. It's 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 an ephemeral idea. It's not a reality.
5: Mm-hmm. And yeah, the 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 highest number is still. Um, young young men 18 to like 25 or something which is still so crazy
4: to me and, and the big thing everyone's going off now is like there's you know you've got the, the different drugs you can take like you have truvada which is that the pill you take that would keep you from contracting HIV um, I hate to break it to you but someone who was on prep and was taken regularly has now come down with HIV so mm-hmm. it's it's not foolproof I mean it definitely it's like again it's like condoms condoms aren't foolproof either but you're taking steps to make sure you don't contract a disease that is it's still a death sentence. i mean just because mm-hmm. you can you know just because you can taste something that'll you know keep your virus levels down and help you feel better doesn't mean that you're cured of it you know there's it's it's still a very big reality um and as much as if you look around the world you like you know you've got huge epidemics in other countries uh unlike what we're seeing here uh The message he's trying to get across still needs to be forefront on everyone's mind. Uh, especially if you are someone who, you know, if you're a member or part of the, the gay community. So. Mm-hmm.
1: But when I read the the death of Pedro in this book, I teared up a little bit. I was in the middle of work. It was a little embarrassing. But, uh, like, I don't know. I think the thing about this book that I, I liked as well, one of the issues, I mean, we, we know that the issues I have with Rosalie Lightning, but one of the things I did like about this is that at the end, when uh, they're talking to, uh, when Judd's talking to the guy in the airport and he talks about how he has that conversation a lot, you do see a lasting impact of what Pedro did accomplish in a short time here oh, I know. How, how cute is the shuttle driver oh completely oh <laughs> you know so like i mean there, there and i i like that bookend of the shuttle driver i thought that was very well written but like just that that sense of yes he died and that was very sad the impact that he made was huge like there was something very touching about that not that he was a martyr so much as that he just you know kind of made the most of his opportunity you know, which I, I I quite liked as well. Adam, what's your what's your kind of final thoughts and opinions on this?
4: Like I kind of said before, it's just, this was I didn't realize what it was about until, you know, about two weeks ago when I mentioned you, Like, which one? What is this? What are we reading? Um, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's something I would highly recommend. Oh, like Rosalie Lightning, it is making an important story and telling a very telling important people need to hear. Uh, but it's not quite as dreary and dark as that, despite having dark moments. Uh, but yeah, it, it's something that people should read. I think Andy hit it perfectly on the head saying like you know, to his daughter, like, you should probably check this out because there's important mm-hmm. things in here um, that you should know. And, and some people might go out there and be like, well, how, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, how do I have this conversation with my kid about, you know, gay people or sex? I'm like, if, you're, if your kids are old enough to the point where they, they, should be, they should be knowing about this, it's not that hard of a conversation unless you make it hard. And if you're sitting there wondering how to talk to your kids about gay people, maybe it's your own prejudices you need to worry about other than what your yeah. kids would think because uh people don't people aren't born with those they're they're taught by the people around them so mm-hmm. uh i i could easily see after you know 11 12 on up uh definitely like in you know middle school high school uh just it's it's really well done um and if you were one of the ones who remember seeing the real world even back when it was rerunning, uh, it even feels more
1: poignant so cool uh todd what are your thoughts
2: I really enjoyed this. I mean, much like Ro- as much of a downer as Rosalie pretty much was throughout, this one did. The sweetness comes through in a lot of ways, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And though sad and whatnot, it is better rounded in a lot of ways. So, on your point there. I really did enjoy it. I mean, I don't have a lot more to add overall to it, but it it, it is an interesting connection. And I was thinking about everyone knows real world, but I'm almost tempted to ask my brother kid if he knows what real world is. And I don't know if he does.
1: I was surprised to hear that it's still on, but I also am no longer the target demographic for for MTV. Right.
2: And I guess, what is the target demographic for MTV at this point? I don't really know as much as that has moved but. I did enjoy it. It was nice. It was, um, you can really tell the author when he, he wrote it as a bit of a love letter to this beautiful thing you had Mm -hmm. and he wanted to share it with others. And that was probably the most heartwarming part about it. So I thought it was really good. So Q, thank you. You're welcome. In that regard. Thank you. Q. (laughs) I appreciate it. So this one I really enjoyed. So yeah, that's about what I have to say.
5: Q, do you want to give uh, your thoughts? So speaking of, you know, telling your kids about gay people. So mm-hmm. I you know, we're at the age down where a lot of our friends have kids or you know, other, you know, have have kids and so last night was our um, theater's winter <laughs> meeting, and I got all dressed up in my fancy green wig and throwing some pink lipstick and um, my, my my friend's uh, four year old came up to me and she said said why are you dressed like that and I said dressed like what she said so beautiful and I and I said because you know oh, I want to oh. feel I want I said so I wanted to feel um, fancy and she went well where's your real hair and I'm like well it's underneath here it's it's a wig it comes off and she said well where are your real shoes and I'm like well these are my real shoes you know I don't <laughs> wear them all the time but you know these these are my real shoes and she said oh okay yeah that is that everyone that is a how to have a conversation about drag queens and gay people with a four-year-old
2: yeah Um, my wife sorry with that also my wife works at a school and she has a trans student and they did a middle school camp and the student opted to out themselves as being trans and that was pretty much the reaction from them and they're like oh so like you identify yourself as a guy. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, all right. Want to go kick a ball? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that was about the extent of it. Yeah. So,
5: you uh, know, I kind of already said what, you know, what I to say. I, I, I feel like this is still, it's a very heartwarming story. It is, it is still very sad. So, you know, don't expect to being all like, yay at the end. Um, but uh, it, it also still has a, a message that um, people need to hear about today.
1: And I'll, I'll tag on to, to that, uh, and I'll, Andy, I'll let you go last. Um, yeah, I, I like this book a lot. I mean, I, I talked about before, I had sort of my own personal connections, and I think part of the thing about it is is that I think everyone has a personal connections to it. Um, I wasn't familiar with this season of The Real World as much. I think I probably may have watched it. I was kind of aware, roughly, of who these people were. But um, this book alone kind of helped me identify... Um, more with, like, Pedro and Judd and their friendship and whatnot. So, like, I I kind of... My only thing I want to say, outside of what I've already said, is that even if you haven't haven't watched that show or weren't a fan of that season, there is still... Uh, with the way this is written there's still a valuable story and, and you I felt very connected to these characters you know personality wise all of it came through from the book because I, I, I couldn't necessarily identify what the personalities were like from the show but I feel like the book stands alone pretty well and uh, and I think it has a very important message and uh, and I, I think it was told very well and uh, at, at the end it does kind of give you this feeling of like how important Pedro really was and what and what his role um, in you know, popular culture and in the conversation about uh you know uh being openly gay and and being hiv positive and and you know what that means um and helping progress that conversation forward in society forward in that way i think it's i think it's important i think this book does a really good job of telling it um mm-hmm. and uh i really enjoyed it And i, I do think it's I, I think it's a great book i feel like it is a book that like you know if and when i have kids and they come to you know I mean, 11, I think, does sound like a, a, a good age, as Andy pointed out. Like, this is something that, you know, they should probably be exposed to just to, you know, if you're a little afraid of having that conversation or how to broach that conversation, you know, giving them this book and then starting that conversation from there is not necessarily a bad way of, of starting that, I don't think. With that being said, Andy, what are your final thoughts?
3: I approached this book with, with a little bit of trepidation because I was worried that it, a lot of it was just going to be a rehash of the reality TV show. And mm-hmm. then I found out. It completely wasn't they really delved into a a lot of the very quiet moments between judd and pedro and judd and pedro and pam that were completely not on the show whatsoever late night talks between them in their bedrooms when when the cameras were off like it's just so beautiful and so poignant and the the Stupid little things that they remember, like them talking about Star Trek and whether they like Deanna Troy yeah. or Beverly Crusher more. Uh, <laughs> like, but that's what you know your your friends are all about, and it was so beautiful and it was so real. Uh, forgive using that word, but I, I just I really loved that, and and I will forgive this book any of its failings. Because it was so beautifully authentic. So, mm-hmm. that, I, I, yeah, it's great.
1: Fantastic. Does anybody want to jump in with recommendations? Go watch something happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. right. So, I don't, I don't know if I discussed this earlier. We sort of discussed it briefly on last book. So, I, I got, I think it was after we recorded last time, I kind of got sick and was stuck in bed. And so, I watched the entire first season of American Crime Story, which uh, about the OJ Simpson trial. Um, and for me, kind of similar to this real-world experience, I was kind of aware of what it was when I was younger, but, like, I wasn't really old enough to remember all of it, because I was, like, I mean, that was, what, like, 95? So I would have been, like, 14 years old. So it wasn't necessarily completely engrossed in, in all of it. But uh, the series, I mean, it does do some dramatization, but the interesting thing I found about that book is, or that, that show, is it makes, uh, like, I did a lot, I ended up doing a lot of research about things. One of the things that, the, the two things that I thought was really interesting about that show is, um, was one they have a conversation with uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the um, journalists and uh, and Judge Ito is saying, okay, I'm going to place you in the courtroom. I'm going to allow you to sit in the courtroom, but I'm specifically placing you next to the Goldman family because I know, based on your previous experience, that you'll be, you know, you'll you'll, you'll be, um, you know, you'll know what you'll know how to handle that situation. And I didn't understand what his previous experience was, so of course, off to internet and Wikipedia, and found out that 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 journalist. Um, actually, his daughter had played the oldest daughter in um, The Exorcist and then had unfortunately later been killed by her boyfriend in the front yard. And so he, as the father of the victim, had had to go through an entire trial that way. And so that's why they very specifically... But then there, and there's lots of little moments like that that sort of like drew me in and that I, I found really fascinating about the story to the point where like I've now bought the book that the season was based on to try to read more up on that as well. The other thing that just mm-hmm. tripped me out is, is I, I remember watching the Slow Bronco Chase on TV. I didn't realize the layout of southern california now that i live there i realized that the slow bronco chase like went right by where i live right now and that tripped me out to no end i was like wait he was all the way down here because like i just kind of always associated it was all in la i didn't realize he was in orange county and actually like obviously very close to my house because part of the slow bronco chase they're like oh and he just transitioned to the 405 and i was like are you kidding me like so it was you know (laughs) right by my house uh and i was like it was it was very strange for me so I, i didn't realize i lived that close to where that happened so for me that was kind of fun but i've really enjoyed that season um and unlike American Horror Story they've actually said what the next four seasons at least are going to be and and the thing I like is they're all based on a book so I'm currently reading the book that the O.J. Simpson trial was based on that same author has written another book that I think the fourth season is going to be based on but next season is a a trial based around Hurricane Katrina the following season is the Dantella Versace uh, murder and the season after that uh, yeah, sorry, yes, you're right (laughs) No, because mm-hmm. Lady Gaga playing Dantella Versace. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Um, and then the season after that is going to be the uh, the uh, uh, Monica Lewinsky trial for the with the president. Mm. So, um, so like that's the next four seasons. And uh, but so far, I, I I really liked that first season. I found it highly addicting. Um, and yeah, I really liked it a lot. And if that's a repeat of a previous recommendation, I apologize, but I liked it so much I recommended it twice. If that's the case.
5: So, so I I need to go because I need to go to mm-hmm. birthday dinner for Mama. Okay. Um, I don't mm-hmm. have any recommendations week. I'm just oh. exhausted after reading these books. So okay, I understand. Cool. <laughs> anyway, Gotta go, kids. we will talk to you later. Okay. Okay, bye. bye.
0: See you.
1: Um,
3: this may be a repeat of a, of a previous one. I know, Brian, you had just watched the first two episodes of a series of Unfortunate Events. I don't yes. know if mm-hmm. you come back to that.
1: I haven't. I've watched four, four episodes. I haven't finished off the whole thing yet.
3: That show is basically on non-stop. In our house right mm-hmm. now, <laughs> it, it, I think it has to do with the age of our kids, and it just hits them at that exact right age. Where and the the dark sense of humor that all of us have, uh, where we yes, it, it's it's horrible and depressing, but if you can take that in stride and in kind of an ironic way, and and look on the bright side, it's just beautiful and gorgeous, and there are funny moments in there and uh that that are really just laugh out loud hilarious and um i i i can't say enough good things about that and i can't wait for them to do the next season uh you know we we watch at least one episode of that every single day in our house and (laughs) it's it's just it's just absolutely amazing go watch that if you haven't yet especially if you got kids
1: Adam, do you have any recommendations? It's been out
4: now for at least a week, but if you haven't yet, go see Logan. It's fantastic. That's what i have. Um, ask. Yes. Again, I'm kind of with Q on these books wore me out. <laughs> yeah, no, I
2: get you. Uh, Todd, any recommendations? I do have one. It's somewhat related to the last one. It was a line mentioned in Rosalie Lightning, but the uh, Hayao Miyazaki film Ponyo, it's the story of the Litter Mermaid, but he um, sets it with like six-year-old kids going through that whole thing, and it's just this... Fun and cute and beautiful relationship Between this little boy and this girl Through their adventures of a town Going through a flood and storm And it's heartwarming And makes you smile At the end of it So go watch Ponyo And then life will seem cheerier That's that's what I have to say
1: So uh, next week we're going to be doing Persepolis uh, Did I say that right? Yes uh, About sure. a girl who, who grows up in Iran And then eventually moves to Paris Um, It was made into an animated film in about 2007, I want to say. I might be lying about that. Sounds about Um, right. Sounds about right. Uh, But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, 2007 Cannes Film Festival Prize is when the movie came out. Yeah, we'll be reading that next week. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm.
3: Thank you for Um, having me. Always a pleasure.
1: Always happy to have you. Please come back anytime. Um, If anybody else, does anybody else have anything? Are we good? Nope, I think We're good.
2: I think we're good.
0: So that happened. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of Knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at Firewatercast. Go to FunnyBooksandFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop to get your bartender well and stay hydrated.